Go ahead and take out your Bibles, and I want you to go ahead and turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9. We'll get to the verse here shortly. We're going to continue this elephant in the room. Now, I looked at the lineup of topics, prayed about the lineup of topics that Pastor Tony was scheduled to teach on. They were pretty heavy topics, and I'm going to leave those for him to teach on some of those. Uh, I'm not going to continue the LGBT uh, session. I'm not even sure which one was meant to be for tonight. But I do want to talk about an elephant in the room. And I I hope that tonight's lesson is helpful to you. Uh, Honestly, it's something that has been a topic of conversation uh, here around the office, conversations at home. I know conversations you've dealt with. Uh, But there's one elephant in the room I want to deal with. It's one we, we, it's like that elephant it's really, really, really big, and it's in everybody's room, and you're just walking around it and don't want to deal with it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to look it in its eyes. You don't want to bring it up. You want to imagine that it doesn't exist, but it's there. And uh, it's a little bit of a heavy topic tonight, uh, and it's the topic of death. See, Pastor Chris, you brought us here to talk about death. Listen, uh, I... I struggled, I, I was going to talk about busyness tonight, and I, 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 we had determined that, man, you know what, uh, every time somebody asks us how we're doing, we say busy, we're busy. Has anyone ever have that as your default response? Hey, how are you? I'm busy. How's your week been? Oh, so busy. But as I got into that topic, I, I began to discover that being busy, I meaning have your time full and being occupied with action isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, we, we're not meant to be idle, we're not meant to be lazy, we're meant to be busy about the right things, and it just didn't seem like an elephant in the room. I didn't feel like that was what God wanted me to talk about tonight. So let's just get this elephant, let's, uh, you know, it's here, it's, uh, it affects us all. Death is a conversation nobody, nobody wants to talk about. We, we live our lives, we plan our lives. And we're surrounded by this death, yet we don't ever want to talk about it. What do you all think? Give me some feedback here, and it's okay, and I'll try and repeat it for those online. Why don't we want to talk about death? Why do we avoid the conversation at all costs? Give me some feedback. Shout it out. We don't want to accept it. We don't want to leave our loved ones. It's scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have something in the back, Mike? Okay. He said if you have lost family, you're unsure of their eternity. Maybe the reality of death, something we just don't want to talk about. I thought of a few ideas, and I want to talk about this, and then I want to see what does the Bible say about death. And I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it to the point. But let's talk about this elephant tonight. Why don't we want to talk about death? One of you said because it's scary. Does anybody agree that when you start talking about yourself and even other people that you care about dying, it is scary? It is a scary topic. Um... And maybe, maybe time we think like, well, the way that we die is scary. I don't, I don't want to imagine how or, or what or what it's going to be like. You know what's scary is, 
when you think about death is that your faith is tested. What you say you believe in, when you start to think about the fact that you could be in eternity in any given moment, where will you be? It's scary. Death is scary. The uncertainty of death brings anxiety. We, we get kind of anxious like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. But we have to remember that God said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Death is a scary topic, but I, I do think that God has given us enough truth about it in the Bible that we don't have to approach it with fear. We don't have to worry about death. Death, we don't want to talk about it uh, because it is sad. Death, by its very definition, is that separation. You, you have somebody that you care about that dies. They're not, they're not here with you. There's a loss that's associated with that. It's sad. It is really, really, really sad. And we, we are made with emotions. We are emotional people. We don't want to be sad, ever. Does anybody in here ever just like, I just feel like being sad today. I just want to. Nobody wants to be sad. You feel sad, but you don't want to feel sad. We hate that feeling of sadness. Death is sad. We don't want to talk about it. The other reason, and, and Mike, you, you brought it up, death forces us to evaluate life. It forces us to face the reality of life. Um, back in my teenage days up in uh, northeast Ohio, back in my high school where we would have drive your tractor to school day, uh, I listened to a little bit of country music. And there was a song that, that I thought was a very meaningful song. Um, a great poet named Tim McGraw said, he wrote this song called Live Like You Were Dying. And he tells a story of facing death. And, and this is something we all think about from time to time. And it forced him to evaluate life. And he says, when he knew he was dying, he says, I went skydiving, rocky mountain climbing. You start doing those things you always wish you would do. He went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. There are Christians in here that listen to country music. Man. He says he evaluated his love. I loved deeper. I spoke sweeter. I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. Just the topic of talking about death makes you evaluate how you're living, why you're living, what you're doing while you're living, doesn't it? We don't want to go there a lot of times. We don't like to go there. So there's this elephant that we just walk around and ignore many times. Tonight I've got a couple goals. I want to shed the light of God's truth on the topic of death. I'm going to answer a couple common questions. And I really hope that as we get to the end in a short amount of time here, I can give you the answer that may eliminate that fear that you have of dying. The fear of death. Uh, because I don't believe God would have a Christian be afraid of dying. And we'll talk about that. So, so let's look. What does the Bible say about death? 
uh, verses in Hebrews. That's where we want to start. This is a verse I'm going to look at in a couple different times, a couple different ways. Hebrews 9, verse number 27. The Bible says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. First thing the Bible says about death is the fact that death is universal. It applies to everyone. Nobody gets a pass. Uh, There are some things that will happen to you that won't happen to me. There's some things that will happen to me that won't happen to you. But we can mark it down for sure. The Bible's absolutely clear, and we know it from reality that every day, every single person one day will die. Man, you know, you think, I don't want to. This is what we think naturally. It's built-in survival. Birth and death are experiences that everyone has in common. We all have stuff in common here. Isn't that cool? You probably thought there's people in here, I could never get anything in common with them. Well, this is what you have in common. Death statistics show that 10 out of 10 people die, okay? It's as plain as that. Every single person. It's universal. The Bible talks about it this way. It talks about Adam back in the beginning of the world. And in, the Bible says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. You've got this man who God says kind of acted as the representative of humankind. And uh, his wife was tempted, she ate, and he followed and ate. And there's this big mess where they broke God's command. Don't eat of that tree, right? Don't eat of that tree. Why did they eat of that tree? And the Bible says that that brought consequences, this curse upon the world, curse upon mankind. The Bible says, as by one man sin entered into the world, And death by sin. Death came because of this sinfulness in the world. You understand? The reason why we have sickness, the reason why we have disease, the reason why we have crying and tears and pain is all because of this systemic problem. That's a word these days, right? Systemic sin problem. The fact that the whole world is, is cursed in, in one way or another. The plants even got those terrible thorns and we have to sweat when we work. And work isn't easy, it's, it's, it's hard. And that difficulty is now part of life and the childbearing and everything that you think is pain and heartache and hurt. It's all because of sin. And at the same time that that was happening, this sin started happening in the world God also set in plan this redemption plan, this redeeming his mankind back from, from sin. But the Bible is clear. As by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Death is a consequence of the disobedience of Adam. Death is passed down to all men. Uh, you're not just dying because of your sin, okay? It's sin in general, sin as a whole, the sinfulness in the world of the world. Sin brings death. You understand? Death is universal. The second thing the Bible talks about death is this death is unpredictable. Unpredictable. This is the part that we ignore many times. This is the part that we're like, eh. 
I'm young, I'll live till I'm old, or I'm old, I've got a few more years, or it doesn't, I'm a, we always think, it's, it's some messed up human nature thing that we think we're the exception to the rule, right? 10 out of 10 people die, I'm not going to worry about that. That's not, I'm just going to ignore that fact. Death is unpredictable, it can happen at any time. The Bible says in Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Uh, there isn't any truer circumstances than the circumstances of the past couple weeks where we understand that in a moment's notice, everything can change. You understand? That goes for Logan, and that goes for you, and that goes for me, and that goes for our kids, and that goes for our parents and our grandkids. I don't have grandkids, but your grandkids. You understand? It, it goes for everybody. Death is unpredictable. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You just don't know. Uh, my first, um, first funeral that I ever did here at this church, first funeral I ever did, ever, scared to death to do it. I was um, part of a community group, and someone I knew on that community group, their grandson died. He was only three years old, but he was healthy and three years old. It was a car accident. Healthy people aren't promised tomorrow, three-year-olds included. Uh, my second funeral that I did was for a friend of mine, became my friend here at this church. His name was Brian. Many of you remember Brian. Brian was seemingly healthy, uh, but he had a tumor in his head. He had a brain tumor, and he died at 30 years old. Brian was a picture of health because I remember one day when we came here to, uh, we had our greeter team out front here. Brian uh, had looked kind of tired, and I was like, dude, what's going on? And he was here early, like before everyone else got here to serve. Uh, he's like, I just went running. I said, oh, cool. How far did you run? He said, I just ran 18 miles. I said, whoa, okay, Brian, you know, good. Uh, if, if Brian can run 18 miles and make it early to church, so can you. Uh, speaking to the crowd at home, right? Uh, listen, we can all make it to church if Brian can. That's the lesson I learned from him, one of the lessons. But the truth is that death is unpredictable. So then why are we always so surprised? It's because we, it's like an elephant in the room. We just ignore it. We don't, we don't want to. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. It, it, it makes us face reality. God doesn't want you to live life not facing reality. Do you understand? That, that is Satan's lie is that you have more time. Plan for tomorrow. It's going to come for sure. The truth is it may not come for sure. You, you have to live by the truth. Death is unpredictable. That's what the Bible teaches. In James chapter 4, one of the clearest passages about life and just looking at it in reality James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Same thing we learned in Proverbs. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 
For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. In that passage, there were people in the verse previous, there were people, they were coming into a certain city and they were going to kind of set up shop. They were going to buy, sell, and get gain. They wanted to start a business and make some money. And they had these plans of what they were going to do. Does anybody in here like to have plans? You should have plans. Anyone agree? You should have plans. You've got to have some plans. You ought to have some plans. But they, they went in there. They're going headstrong, just so confident that the fact that they've got tomorrows and plans and their plans are going to happen. The Bible says, listen, listen, pay attention. Your life's a vapor. It's like steam. It just appears and then it goes away. It's fast. It's fast. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And the in James, this attitude of just confidently going forward like you have every day uh, promised to you, the Bible says that is evil, rejoicing. But what we ought to say, if the Lord will, we'll do this or we'll do that. Um, if you are my age or younger, you maybe have heard your parents or grandparents or other people in the church use this phrase. And I... I, I hate cliche phrases, but I know where this phrase came from. They would say, Lord willing, you know, hey, we'll do this, Lord willing. This is where it comes from, the Lord willing. Maybe you know somebody and you're laughing because like, I know that person, Lord willing. Well, the truth is everything is up to the Lord's will, not up to us. And we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that, because death is unpredictable. It's universal. It's unpredictable. Uh, and let's look back at Hebrews 9.27. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. The third thing here is that death is final. Let me explain that because some of you are like, hey, where's he going with this? Uh, what I mean by that is there are no do-overs. Death is the period at the end of your life sentence. You understand? Death stops your life here on earth. There are no mulligans, those of you that golf. You don't get to redo this one because you had a bad shot. There's no restarts on life. It's not like a game. You know, you, you play Mario. Mario's awesome. You play Mario and he just, you just fall down the hole and you come back again. And you fall down the hole and you come back again. Life isn't like that. When you fall down the hole, you fall down the hole. You understand? And I, it's just, it's true. That is, that sounds kind of funny. Now that I say it that way out loud. <clears throat> but think about how that just affects you. We, we believe in every other situation, uh, whether we're dealing with purity or alcohol, whether we're dealing with uh, being honest and telling the truth or we don't want to steal, that we just follow what the Bible has to say. We, we live our lives according to the truth. Well, the truth is that death is universal. The truth is that death is unpredictable. And the truth is that death is final. That ought to affect the way you live because God told you those things. That ought to affect you on a daily basis. There shouldn't be a day where that elephant is just ignored. It should be something that weighs in your reality every single day. Um, the, the Bible talks about redeeming the time because the days are evil. The idea is make the most of the time that you have while you have it. 
Uh, there's verses in, in the Bible, and I don't have them in my notes here, talks about working while it's still day because nighttime is coming when no man can work. There is a time, and the Bible says here, it is appointed unto men once to die. When is your appointment? When you have an appointment, it's like set on the calendar, right? Um, have you ever had s- someone else set something on the calendar, maybe it's a shared calendar, and you just forgot about it? You didn't see it coming, but it just like was there. You, you panic, you're, oh, I'm not ready, I'm, I, I can't do this meeting. Uh, we, I, I set an appointment tonight to be in a Go Teams leadership meeting down the hallway here. I'm not in the meeting. I totally missed it uh, because it was so much going on, and I, I just I planned two things at the same time. There is an appointment, a calendar, a calendar day, and it is the day of your death. Man, that's scary, but that's reality. The Bible says when the appointment comes. What happens after this? After that is the judgment. There's a day that you don't know when it is. And we know we're not promised tomorrow. You don't know when that day is, but there will be a day. And instead of standing in the line at Chick-fil-A or standing in the line at Starbucks, you'll be standing before God. That is scary. And that is true. In Luke chapter 16, there's a story um, talking about the rich man and this beggar named Lazarus. I want to read you the story uh, because it's, it's one of those passages. It's like an elephant passage. We just, ah, that's not there. Let's walk past that one. Uh, the Bible says in Luke 16, 19, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day meaning he had nice clothes, plenty of money, and got to eat out whenever he wanted to. Uh, There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate. This kind of homeless man stays outside of this man's uh, courtyard of sorts. This man, Lazarus, is full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. We read this since we're not surprised by that, right? He's going to die someday. The beggar was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, Between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. 
For I have five brethren, that he might testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. We know that death is final. What I, what I mean by this, it, it puts a, por- a period, this, this time on earth, this however long it is, maybe you have 70 years, maybe you have 7 years, maybe you have 10 years, maybe you have 20 years. I don't know how long you have. There's an appointment. It's unpredictable, but it's coming. It's universal for all of us. The Bible says that when you get to the end, whenever that appointment time comes, that all of this free will opportunity for salvation stops on this side. The Bible describes that there are some things that happen after death. We read in Hebrews 9, 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this. A lot of people say there's nothing after this. The Bible is clear. There's an after this. Do you understand? There is something after this. And it's a reality we we don't really want to face when we're thinking about certain people. But in this situation, we read that there there was one that was experiencing hell, one that was experiencing what was Abraham's bosom. There could be a whole lesson about what is that and what is heaven. Uh, ultimately, after a period of time, there is a place of safety and peace and perfection called heaven and a place called hell, which is torment and flame, okay? That's the short version. But the Bible says there's a finality to that. Even in this passage, somebody that is, is on one side can't get to the other side and somebody that's on the other side can't, can't get to the other side. Once you're in hell, you're in hell. Once you're in heaven, the, you, you've, you've, you're there. It's, it, there's no going between it's a finality. It's, but there is something after death. The belief that life simply ends and we're just no more is not a Bible idea. I've heard people say, well, what do you think happens after you die? Well, I just think that's all. That's just all. Well, you can't have faith in Christ and be a follower of God in this Bible and believe that. They're, they're contradictory. That's not what the Bible says about this elephant in the room called death. The Bible is certain there is something. The Bible teaches that you're more than dirt that dies and becomes dirt, okay? And here's where it happened in Genesis 2, verse 7. The Bible says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Were you made from dirt, right? Ashes to ashes, right? You hear the, those sayings? Uh, you, you, yes, you were made. Man was made from the dust of the ground, The Bible says, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. You have a soul and you have a body. Your body will die physically. Your soul will live forever somewhere. Understand? Let me just uh, summarize a few things about what happens after death. Number one, there is a judgment. There is a judgment. The Bible describes it. Revelation 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Wouldn't you love to see what's in those books right now? And the Bible says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
At some point, as the Bible speaks, all of those that died as unsaved people, those that went to hell, there's this uh, judgment, this second death where they're judged according to their works. Uh, And the Bible tells in this judgment that your works will condemn you. Do you understand? All of our works will condemn us because we're not judged according to what we thought was true, what we thought was right, what we think is the law. We're judged according to what God says is right, what God says is true. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make graven images, no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. No lying. Thou shalt not covet. Don't desire things that aren't yours, that belong to somebody else, whether that's somebody's wife, somebody's property. See, the thing is, when we read these commandments, the truth is nobody uh, is, if, if we're judged by our works, nobody is said to be perfect. Nobody is. We're all sinners. We already learned that. Uh, death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, right? The Bible says that this hell, it's, it's in Matthew twenty-five forty-one was created for the devil and his angels. God never made this place for any human person to go. It was made for the devil and his angels. And the truth about this, there, there is a judgment after, after death, but Jesus died so that you can experience eternal life in heaven, not eternal death in hell. And I need to be clear about this, and here, here's, here's why I thought this was so important. Um, some of you, are looking at me and like saying, this is basic. This is stuff everybody knows. I want to tell you, this is not stuff everybody knows. This is stuff everybody ignores. I, uh, because our sons have this uh, disease, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, it, it has put us, um, you know, whatever problem you have, it kind of joins you with other people with that problem, Right? Uh, it, was, it was interesting. We went to the mall. Uh, just was it yesterday? Went to the mall. Uh, went to the mall. Oh, my mom, my stepdad were there, and they had a kiosk. And on the side of the kiosk was Pelotonia. Anyone know what Pelotonia is? I never really paid attention to Pelotonia. Uh, I just knew there was a lot of people riding bikes by our house when we lived in Pickerington. That's all I knew. I knew it was a cancer thing, but it wasn't really something that struck to my heart. Now I know somebody with cancer like very closely. Uh, It's affecting my life and what I do. Uh, You know, when you have something in common with somebody, it kind of joins you into a group you never wanted to be part of. Well, one of the groups that that we are part of uh, is a a group of Duchenne dads. I'm I'm a Duchenne dad. You're like, ah. Yeah, I'm I'm in a group. It's a messenger thread. And a couple weeks ago, somebody in that thread as a nine-year-old son, uh, someone I would call an acquaintance, a friend of mine. We've been able to interact with them a few times. But their son, remember death is universal, death is unpredictable. Their son is Googling the disease he has. And uh, he found out that it was a very serious illness, terminal illness, right? And uh, he asked his dad is, am I going to die? 
And it started this spark of so much conversation. But the conversation lasted, if it could be pages in a book, it would probably be 100 pages in a book. But it was all in a, in a message thread. It was all these questions about what do I, how do I talk to my child about death? And well, that's the question we all need to answer. How do we talk to ourselves about death? How do I talk to my loved one about death? How do I deal with it when somebody else is facing death? It's the elephant in the room. And, and it began to, I began to see that people are just straight confused. They don't know, and there's no clear explanation of what does the Bible say about this. Death will happen to everybody. Nobody is special when it comes to dying. You understand? It's going to happen to you. Maybe the way you are or the sadness factor of it or the, the details surrounding it or because it's your close family, it's so personal, and it should be personal. But death is, is not, uh, it plays no favorites. There's nothing uh, special Dead is dead. There's not degrees of it. It's just dead. You die, and it's sad, and it hurts, and it's hard. But we have to face the reality of this. And it's the fact that Jesus is the answer. You follow me? It's so complicated but because people were like, well, just tell him that, uh, make up a story of what, what heaven will be like and tell him that. And there were parents talking about how there'll be race cars in heaven and uh, all this stuff that they like to do. They'll go fishing all the time in heaven. Um, maybe, maybe there will be those things in heaven. That'd be cool. Um, but we have to go off something a little more confidently because we're facing something that's a reality. We have to go off something that's got a little more concreteness than to, I want to make this up to make someone feel good because um, it's real. Are you following me? Death is a real thing, and, and you've got to face it in a, in a real way, in the real solution, and the, the solution for people with the disease my boys have, people with the disease that you're fighting, uh, people that are going to be in car accidents one day, people that fall and injure themselves. The solution for death is Jesus. That's the solution. You understand? Offer it as the solution. You have to. That's the only solution that we have. This, this death that's so scary, God confidently came down to earth. He lived a perfectly sinless life. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, I don't want to experience hell. Jesus is the solution. You say, I don't want my relatives to experience hell. Jesus is the solution. I'm so afraid of dying. I don't know what happens next. Well, I can tell you what will happen, but I can tell you how to change the outcome. It's, it's Jesus. He came and he made a way. He died so that you would not perish. That second death, that uh, death after death, the fact that you can have an eternal life in heaven, everlasting life. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is this oh-so-precious gift that answers the, the core foundational fear and the, the, the starting and the ending of life, and it's this gift of eternal life. You do not have to experience death and all the scariness of it. You don't have to worry about it because you can have a confidence of eternal life through Christ. You are sinful. I am sinful. I am bad. You are bad. We do not measure up. Our works condemn us. We lie. We're selfish. We steal. We think things we shouldn't think. We do things we shouldn't do. But the answer 
is the fact that there was somebody who never did any of those things, who lived completely perfect, and he wanted to once and for all defeat death. That's what Jesus did. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, and it's, it's crazy for me to think, but it's not crazy because it's an elephant. We don't want to talk about it. That in a whole conversation of, of grown adults, they've lived 20, 30, 40, 50 years, not one had a confident answer about death and help. This is the very essence of what we're doing here as a church. The, the very essence of the gospel is answering the question, what happens one minute after you die? You will die. We all know that. It's unpredictable. But there's an answer, and the answer is Jesus. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Meaning, don't fear. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Uh, this is the confidence, this is the hope that we have. When we talk about uh, whether by life or by death, we can have peace and confidence, it's because of this, that there is a place God's preparing for us, that there is a home that one day we'll see those that know Christ, we'll see them again. That's, that's what it is, that's what it's all about. Uh, that, that's what we need to know. Uh, it goes on here, he says, and whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Well, how, how do we know the way? Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, anyone who receives Jesus by faith will go to heaven after they die. Uh, there, there could be a lot of questions you want to ask about heaven and death and situations and things. And I would be glad to entertain those questions uh, uh, off the, the time here tonight. But the truth is, anyone who receives Jesus by faith goes to heaven. There's an answer for death. It's scary. It's unpredictable. It's universal. It's something we don't ever want to talk about. But God gave us some, some truth. You've got to... I don't know if you're one of the ones that are brushing it off and you're saying, I'll, I'll deal with it later. You may not have later, and that is scary. And it's true, for, it's true for me, it's true for you, it's true for everyone that we love. Here's some application, just two things, and then I will be done. Uh, application, what do we do in light of what we learned tonight? Number one, live in the reality that death could be today. Live in the reality that death could be today. Uh, you could take that one or another. There's this book uh, I, I read. It's really helpful, actually. It's called One Month to Live, uh, where this pastor challenged his staff to take a whole month and live. They set a calendar date and said, let's live the next month as, as if that were the day, the appointment, right? Uh, and let's see what you'll change. And people change things about their health and the way they treat their family and talk to them. That is practical Bible application. If death is for sure and it's unpredictable, live in light of that, that death could be today. Um, it, it changes the way you speak to people, the way you think, the way you plan, and um, 
Number two goes right along with that because you could say, so you're telling me I just need to be worried every day and scared and looking over my, my shoulder uh, and, and not drive. And uh, some of you get really scared and just freak out all the time and you're just scared. and all, all, all. Don't, don't be scared. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Application number two, live with confidence in Jesus and his salvation. Realizing that death could come at any moment and knowing Jesus as your Savior gives you a confidence to live freely today. You don't have to fear death. You don't have, it helps you go through the trials of life because you know no matter what, if, if there's not a solution here, there will be a heaven there. And you have that hope and that confidence. I wrote out some, some things that I, this is just something I typed up. To say to myself here, and you maybe can say this to yourself, I will no longer fear death. I realize the truth of the Bible that no man is guaranteed tomorrow. I know Jesus as my Savior, and no matter what comes my way, I can have peace knowing heaven is my eternal home. And that's what we stand on.